Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Intelligent Property Weekly Masterclass. Look, the purpose of the weekly masterclasses that I'm doing is to keep everybody more intelligent about the property market, because the more intelligent you are, the more things you know, the better decisions you make, and ultimately the better results you get, and therefore the most, more profits you make. So uh, this week's uh, class is, uh, we've had a lot of stuff happening, particularly around the globe and things that I want to talk to you about and how it affects our property market specifically back here in Australia. Now, if you're listening to me on either Spotify or on iTunes, then I really encourage you to go across and have a look at my charts that I've got available for you on my website, which is iloverealestate.tv and also um, onto the, uh, my YouTube channel, which is also I Love Real Estate. So jump onto either of those and you get to see all of my charts as well. So what's been happening during the week? Well, one of the things we're going to be covering today is why investment bankers are creaming it out there at the moment, absolutely getting amazing, amazing profits. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, why the bubble is totally overhyped, particularly in America, or the talk of the bubble, um, and why CEOs are the most optimistic they have been in decades. We're going to be talking a little bit about China and why it's trying to crash the commodity markets. Well, it caused it in the first place, but anyway, we'll get to that. And why 2022 will be a big year for property, even bigger than what we're seeing in 2021. So let's first of all have a look at the global view. So what's happening internationally? Now, I particularly want to talk about the investment bankers. Just get a load of this chart. These are, you know, some of the big investment bankers around the world. And you can see here how their profits have gone skyrocketing up. And the reason for that, of course, is because banking is becoming, um, you know, freer right around the world. There's a splash of cash out there with all of the governments or the, or the Western governments anyway doing, um, doing stimulus packages out to their people. So, you know, there's a lot of money around and a lot of that is going into buying hard assets, particularly property. So it's little wonder that house prices are actually booming right across the globe. And you can see here, this is, this is um, you know, a section of the, um, the Western countries. We can see here, these OECD countries. And you can see here how there's been this massive rise. Now, that's just in this last little, little bit here, 6.7%. So that's on a global basis, which for a lot of countries, that's a huge jump. I mean, for us, it's probably not as much as we've seen in other, other times, but certainly it is for a lot of countries. Now, again, we're seeing here, now this is the United States, and you can see here that, um, you know, it, it's, there, there's some economists in the US, and these are normally, they're not even economists, they're just people who chat. Um, and they're talking about how the US economy is, uh, is in a property bubble and it's going to crash. Look, I don't profess to know everything about the US economy, but I, I do look at all the fundamentals. And what we're seeing is a very different story. So we're talking the US now, we're not talking Australia. Um, and the fact is that no, they're actually missing the point. The reason they're saying it is because if you look at this here, this is the, uh, the home price index in, in real dollars compared to GFC. And obviously with GFC, they had the crash. Why is it different this time? Because the reason they got there is different. For starters, there's cheap money. 
That wasn't the case back in GFC times. There is massive printing of money, which is creating a lot more fuel um, uh, for uh, people to be able to, to go out there and buy properties. There's a massive undersupply. Now, back in GFC times, there was a massive oversupply, so totally different circumstances. And right now in the US, they've also got a government which is out there splashing the cash again with stimulus checks. So very different story there. And these are the things that they're actually missing when they start talking about a bubble in the US. America, and the other thing is the Americans' personal income that, they're, that they actually have as you know, household income is massively, massively higher than the trend as to where they were going. So a lot of people got a lot more money. Why, where is that going? It's going into the property market. So stimulus, cheap money, and, uh, and also lower spending through COVID because through COVID, there was a lot of people who you know, didn't go out to restaurants, didn't do this, didn't travel, didn't all go take holidays, all those sort of things. So all that money that would have gone out on those things has now gone into savings and to paying down debt. So a lot of people are a lot wealthier, which is the majority. So the majority of people are wealthier as a result of COVID, believe it or not. The other thing is that um, house prices to rent um, compared to GFC are nowhere where they were for GFC. So you can see here house prices for rent compared to where we are here. We are very much in line and we are very much lower than where they were for GFC. So again, these are all American charts. Um, this chart actually here talks about the house prices to household income compared to GFC. And again, you can see here the, the hype of GFC and how, how um, you know, they were getting out of, out of control there. That's not the case this time. So look, it's all very normal, you know, status quo over there at the moment, not overheated at all. Um, and so the talk of the bubble is completely overhyped. So I just want you to get that because you might be hearing a little bit of the rumours around America and things like that. Um, and there's, you know, there's some reasons for that because we're starting to see the rebound in, um, in travel as an example, which is what we're talking about here. So travel's coming back on track, which is, you know, this is what we're seeing through here. Travel's starting to come back on track. Um, we're starting to see sitting out and having dinners, so seated dinners out. We're starting to see the recovery of that. You can see where they started back over there with, with COVID. They're all kind of back on track with that across some of the states there. Gasoline, you know, the, the use of gasoline or the petrol is all getting back to normal. It's not quite where it was before, but certainly getting back to normal. Um, and here we've got hotel occupancy. So again, getting back to normal. Not as big as they were back, say, in, in 2019, where they were then. Um, or, uh, you know, but, but certainly back to where, where it's a comfortable level. So we're not where it was in, in 2020, which is, which is all of this, which is much, much lower than it ever has been before. But the thing is, business confidence is well and truly back. And this business confidence is the highest it's been in 40 years. So, you know, you look at this, that's what's going to carry the economy. That's what's creating more jobs. That's what's creating more investment. It's also what's creating a little bit of inflation at the moment. But it's short-term inflation because there's a... There's people rushing out to buy cars and trucks and going on holidays and all of those other things. So there's a little bubble there happening with um, uh, just a bump, not a bubble, bump uh, with inflation. But I think that'll settle down as the economy starts to roll out. So let's turn our attention now to uh, Australian economy. 
What are we seeing there? Well, the first thing is our unemployment is going so well. We're going down, down, down. In fact, we're down to 5.5% now. Isn't that great? Uh, and the, the objective is to get us down below 5%. So we're all heading in the right direction, as you can see here, uh, which is a great thing for our economy. From a labour force perspective, you can see here, uh, this takes into account underemployment and unemployment, and uh, both are heading very much in the right direction. The wage price index, um, this is, uh, the, the red one here is the, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, and the blue line is the uh, Commonwealth Bank. And um, what this Commonwealth Bank is expecting wage price, wages to go up more than the Reserve Bank of Australia. So they're predicting a little bit more of an increase in wages, mind you. The budget that came out is predicting in real terms. So when, uh, when you adjust it for inflation, it's still going to be pretty sluggish. But look at the increase in jobs. You know, these are the, the jobs being advertised now. So right across the board, we're seeing this massive surge in, um, in job ads. And, and that's the great thing because that's what, that's what keeps the economy going. People having jobs, having money, getting out there, making things work. Um, the hospitality industry is even starting to, uh, to take a resurgence. I'm very, very sorry about Victoria. I mean, last week I did a whole session on Victoria and their stupid land tax rules and their stamp duty and their now their windfall gains taxes that they're putting on Victoria and how I believe it's actually going to force a lot of the big nationals out of uh, Victoria and into places like, you know, maybe Queensland, but certainly into New South Wales. Um, and, uh, and now poor old Victoria again has been bashed around the ears with another outbreak. So it's back in lockdown again. And, you know, this, I don't think this is going to be a quick, quick fix. I, you know, with the numbers that they're talking about, it's going to be a long time before we start to see a turnaround back into Victoria. So a lot of this hospitality confidence, um, you know, is, is certainly okay around the rest, of the rest of Australia, but not for Victoria now. You know, this is, this is bad news for Victoria. Um, when we talk about manufacturing, this is a great chart that shows you how manufacturing is back up to higher levels now than we even were back in 2016. So, you know, massive turnaround there. We've seen um, the services industry. Look, the services industry obviously got a big whack through COVID, but it rebounded very quickly as well. And now we're back up to where we were 2017, 2016, those kind of prices, those kind of um, areas. Um, and again, you know, you're talking about about that that turnaround of input pricing and um, and uh, of commodities and things like that. So I'm actually noticing this a lot in the building industry right now, where prices um, for for raw materials is starting to go up, which means that that's also forcing uh, pr price rises in the end product, as in the house. Um, and the reason for that, of course, is well, mainly is our timber. I mean, it goes right across the board, but timber uh, timber is a, a big, big component that that the big boys are actually ordering six months into advance, three times what they actually believe they're going to need for the just in case scenario, and they're actually stockpiling, and that's making it worse as well. You know, like your metricons and the like. Um, then you've also got a lot of our timber; it's going over to America, <coughs> and that's going over to America to fuel the massive. Um, surge that's happening in the um, <coughs> in the housing industry over in the states, so we're going to see a little bit more of that. And again, that's going to have upward pressure on house pricing. 
The other thing we're seeing here is retail sales. Now, this has been crazy because you can see here our retail sales are so much higher, <coughs> excuse me, than when we were trending here. So this is the trend line and you can see how, you know, we would have just ticked along, ticked along. We, were, we had a, a big surge, then we had COVID and now we're back up, you know, well and truly above where we normally would be. <coughs> Excuse me. So I would expect that to, um, to settle down a little bit. I think you're going to see a little bit more, um, you know, normality come back to things. Obviously, things like the second or third wave or whatever you're onto now in Victoria is is having an impact, and uh, you know it's something that we need to uh, to keep in mind as we move forward. But by and large, the rest of the country is absolutely booming, and a lot of that is on the back of the commodities. You can see here some of just you know the commodities that we're very strong in. <clears throat> right down to livestock and everything else. Now, this was a, an article that was in the Financial Review and it actually said that China um, targets speculators and hoarders to stop commodity pricing. So it's got a zero tolerance for people um, hoarding, hoarding um, commodities and forcing the price up. Well, a lot of that I actually blame on China itself because when they stopped buying from us and we had locked-in contracts and everything else, they bought from somebody else, but in order to buy from somebody else, they had to offer a higher price. So whoever that country was um, you know, selling to previously, they then have to offer a higher price. And it's actually created this surge in commodity pricing. That along with the fact that you know, the world's rebuilding. So there's a lot of money going at infrastructure right around the world. Um, governments are spending money on infrastructure and those sort of things, and that requires a lot of raw materials. Those raw materials are you know, what we have. So we're seeing this resurgence, there's more demand, but apparently, according to China, there are uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of places that are actually stockpiling and they believe that that's what's causing the increase. Well, if they hadn't been so pig-headed in the first place, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. But anyway, you can see here steel come up a bit, you know, it's come down a little bit just in, just in the last um, month, but certainly higher than where it has been before. Um, you look at um, the, uh, the Shanghai freight, this is what's causing a lot of the increase as well. Look how much the cost of freight has gone up as a result of, of COVID and not having enough ships and not having enough containers and all of those other things. This freight cost is also um, hurting China because it is um, what it's doing, you know, a lot of his products obviously export, that's its that's main game. And when the freight is so high, it actually makes manufacturing in home countries like Australia and America and the like more affordable because by the time you pay for freight and everything else out of China, sure, you might be able to buy it cheaper, but by the time you pay for freight, get it here, etc., you may as well have got it in Australia. You would have got it quicker. You would have got it, you know, uh, probably uh, in a more timely fashion and all of those things. So this is having an impact on China and it's not liking it, I can tell you. <coughs> this is the um, containers again. Look at this. You know the massive surge here. Simply don't have enough containers, and the price the price is is crazy. You know nine and a half thousand dollars to get a container um, through to where did I read that one there uh, to uh, Rockingham? No, that one's down here to um, Genoa. I don't even know where Genoa is over there. Anyway, I'm probably saying that wrong. 
doesn't really matter. You can see how massively this is. So there we go, Rottingham, uh, Rotterdam. So that's uh, that's up here, nearly $10,000 to get a container there. So you can see this is massive and that's going to add a lot of money to a lot of um, a lot of the, uh, the, you know, the imports. And that's really what America wants. But let's talk property in Australia. So the property market in Australia, everybody knows it's booming. Um, will it last? I, I get a lot of questions being sent to me. Will it last? Well, the answer is yes. You see, the lending's starting to pick up. But look where we were. All this lack of lending from 2017 onwards was as a result of the APRA restrictions. That created a massive, massive undersupply and pent-up demand. We are slowly chewing through that at the moment. But the thing is, we won't chew through that undersupply until we get into next year and probably even into the latter part of next year. So if you add that to the likelihood that our borders are going to be open next year and we'll be starting to accept migrants into the country and there's going to be a flood, let's face it, it'll be us going, that's enough, that's enough, not do you want to come. Um, and they'll come in to pay for COVID and taxes and all the rest of the stuff. They're coming in well-heeled, a lot of them, with a lot of money bringing coming to Australia, which is all good things. But what that's going to do to house prices is going to have a second surge. So that second surge um, is, I think, going to be even much greater than we're experiencing right now. So, And that'll go through to, I think, to about the mid-20s. So you're going to see this, this upward surge, which is why it's so important for you to get educated and for you to know what to buy and how to maximise your position. Because there's a lot of people out there who are... You know, they'd say, oh, I'll just buy a property and I'll be okay. Well, you might be okay. You might be able to get a bit of an increase in your pro in your, your house price, etc. But imagine if you, 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 were, you learned a system where you could buy one, two, three, four, ten, twenty that are all increasing in value. Imagine what that would do to your wealth. And you don't have to even start with a lot. You know, you don't have to start with money. You can buy no money down deals. You can get out there and, and uh, you know, make money in the property market, even if you can't get financing. All of these things are available. And you might sit there and go, well, how do you do that? That's not possible. Yes, it is. Because I've got students doing it right now, which is why I'm encouraging everybody to, um, to see if you can get into one of my advisors and have a free appointment. They're breakthrough sessions. They are an hour long, so 60 minutes. All you've got to do is go to um, iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. So if you get in there and do that, you, there's only I've only got a few uh, with the advisors, but if you can get one of those appointments, it'll be well worth your while because they'll go through and start to help you and, and, and guide you as to how we can help you get ahead. So it's not just about buying one property, but it's two, three, four, six, ten, so that you're really capitalising on what this market is, but doing it safely. Now, look, we don't sell properties. You know, we're not going to sell you any properties that are $40,000, $80,000 overpriced like a lot of people do. There's a lot of it being advertised at the moment and a lot of it is rubbish. What we will do is teach you how to do all of those things so that regardless of where you're starting from, you'll be able to capitalise from your position to really set yourself up over the next few years. There is no reason why you can't be debt-free in five years on your home and have a passive income that's replaced whatever you're earning now. No reason at all, but you've got to start and you really need to start soon because that rise is coming and uh, you know you can't miss it. You can't outsave this. You simply can't. 
So that the website again to get your, your free breakthrough session is uh, iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash and you can jump on there and get that. Continuing on with the masterclass, the size of the loans that the that are going out right now are also a lot bigger. Again, this is a CBA chart, and you can see how massively the uh, the the size of the loans are much much bigger. So there's a lot of refinancing, but there's also a lot of uh, new purchasing out there. And it's not just the investors; it's owner occupiers and investors. You can see here they're pretty much tracking along the same line. In fact, the owner occupiers a little bit higher even. That means that um, the consumer consumer lending is out there. So not only in houses, and this is interesting to look at. Obviously, the red line here is loans for a holiday. Well, that's gone down the tube. Not very many people are needing to get a loan for a holiday. We've got car finance. That's been that's been picking up. You can see, and we're back up to where we were in about 2018 from car financing. So quite confident with all of that stuff. And then you've got household goods, which. I don't agree with lending for household goods. I think if you can't afford a, you know, your big screen TV, don't have one. If you can't afford the washing machine, don't have one. You know, you use a laundromat and to save the money and actually get in there and buy one. So, lending the the lending in this space here is enormous. We're 24, 25, 30, 40 percent in some cases. I don't agree with this lending, but it does show that people are, you know, even back doing that kind of lending. Um, this is just a, a rolling average index of rents. Now, this is the other thing. Because there's such a, a shortage in supply, not only is that driving up house prices to buy, but also house prices to rent. And this is what you can see here. So that is um, the, the light blue line here, 9.6% increase in, um, in regionals and a 3.3% in the capital city. So it's actually the regionals that are really starting to take off. And these figures really show that. You can see here the regionals, with the exception of the Northern Territory, you know, 10% increase in Tasmania for for rentals, uh, for the, the amount you've got to pay in rent. Um, Western Australia, 12%. A lot of that's due to mining. South Australia, 7.4. Uh, 7 uh, Queensland, 10.9. Now, that isn't because of mining. You know, a lot of that is is in the, you know, in and around Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, places like that. Harvey Bay, Bundaberg, where Bagara, where people want to go and live now, and they're, they're moving up from the southern states, and they're, they're they're pushing up the pricing here. Regional Victoria is six point eight, and regional uh, New South Wales is nine percent. So you know when you look across the cities, and from a clearance rate, the fact that how many places are actually being sold? There's a lot being sold. And you're starting to see that play out here. You know, there's most of the clearance. In fact, if we go to this chart here, you can see. Um, <laughs> I think I just love this. For the for this particular month, so this is the week ending um, 16th of May, Tasmania had three auctions <laughs> and one of them didn't sell. Sorry. Sorry, Tasmania. Sorry, sorry. But you can see the figures here. The clearance rates are up around, you know, high 70s to 80%. And um, that just shows the interest that we've got in the uh, in the housing industry. So just to finish off this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the truth bomb of the week, which is really the difference between self-love and ego love. And, you know, a lot of people will do things because they think it's the right thing to do and, oh, that's the right, whatever. But if you don't feel it, if it's not who you really are, you won't do it.
So I really want you to connect in this week. Think about what you really want to achieve, who you really are, what kind of life you really want to be living in five years' time. And not from an ego perspective, but the kind of life you want to live, knowing that that's what you're going to achieve. And then think about the things that you need to do to take you in that direction. And if it requires money, I can tell you now, the best place to be is with I Love Real Estate and being able to create significant wealth through, uh, through in smart investing, intelligent investing into real estate. So that's why I'm encouraging you to get out there and, uh, and get on one of those free breakthrough sessions. They're 60 minutes long. They're all free. And uh, all you've got to do is go to iloveralestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. And you can take advantage of our, uh, our very generous 30-minute, sorry, 60-minute uh, breakthrough session. And we'll talk about your goals. We'll talk about what you want to achieve and then how we can help you do that. So that's it from me this week. Thank you so much for listening to my Intelligent Property Investor Weekly Masterclass. And I'll be back again next week to, uh, to share some more things with you. Talk to you then, guys. Bye now.